0: At Luckylandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
0: You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast.
1: Back to full. Red Sox fans have long to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Part of the Over the Monster Network. Swinging a high D, drive on the right field, that one's scored to the right, Hunter on the move, racing back, it's over his head, it's gone, it's into the bullpen, this game is tied, this game is tied, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz.
0: Presented by SB Nation.
1: It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions.
0: Hosted by Jake Devereaux.
1: Here comes a 1-2 pick.
0: and featuring Keaton DeRocher.
1: He crushed it! It's a grand slam! Wow! I'm telling you, it's
0: time to party! Got it! 300 strikeouts in 2017 for Chris Sale. An absolute strikeout machine. 13 tonight against the Baltimore Orioles.
1: They're all loaded. High fly ball, deep into left center field, way it. back it carries, and that yeah. ball is gone! The Red Sox walk it off, in style! That's how it's done. The X-Man strikes. Fly ball to deep left center field, Devers has hit it out! The Red he the other way to tie the game! Hello and welcome to Over the Monster, your destination for all things Red Sox. Uh, You might be uh, just a tad bit surprised uh, not hearing Jake, uh, Keaton, or Matt. Um, But this is our new uh, Prospects edition of Over the Monster uh, called Red Sox on Deck. And uh, my name is Shelley Verstrait, and uh, my co-host here is uh, Trevor Huth. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I write for Over the Monster. Uh, the Dynasty Guru, Pitcher List, Rotographs, and uh, Prospects365. And, uh, yeah, so uh, my co-host here is uh, Trevor Huth. Uh, he writes for Pitcher List, Prospects365, Vera Albertos, and uh, Bless You Boys. Pretty much um, anywhere
0: are, you can think of. I probably have a byline there.
1: Exactly, Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Trevor, say uh, say hello and uh, kind of uh, welcome to this uh, new adventure here.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate you letting me be your co-host here, and uh, I'll try not to drag you down too much, but it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, you know, you can tell we both focus on prospects a lot. I know we're, we uh, cross paths quite a bit with our, our websites, so uh, I think this will be fun.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of, uh, bring some, bring some prospect love to over the monster. Um, so yeah. Um, so, so Trevor, how have you been dealing with kind of like all of this, uh, COVID craziness?
0: Well, uh, for in the work world, I'm considered essential. So I still go into the office every day and I say office, I work in radio. So I go into the studios every day. Um, So nothing's really changed a ton, except I just go straight home and do nothing else except, uh, (laughs) you know, click on to uh, MILB TV, which is free for the time being, and just watch a ton of uh, minor league baseball, which is nice because I don't have to watch a ton of the same people all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I just I love how MILB is kind of free right now. Um, uh, Unfortunately, I kind of like Subscribed to it like during the off season last year, so I'm kind of like in this limbo of paying for something that's free, so that kind of sucks. You too, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, um, I'm kind of trying to handle things as well. Uh, I'm kind of uh, working from home, uh, right now, so basically, but you got home, your dogs, it's got to be nice, uh, yeah, yeah. I got uh, Orsillo and Little Soto to uh, keep me on my toes, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're just trying to, trying to make things work. Um, so basically, what I we what I kind of thought that this pod, this edition of Over the Monster was kind of going to be about, uh, prior to um, everything kind of happening this year. Um, basically, you know, Trevor and I were going to just kind of just talk about the Red Sox like every week or so, like the uh, the Red Sox system, just kind of. Going over maybe some players that are doing well, players who are not doing well, maybe just talking about the system in general. But just basically because of COVID, uh, I mean, we don't really know if we're actually going to have a season this year, so we're just going to probably come at you every week or so, just, you know, just talking about Red Sox prospects and hopefully at some point we get some games, but you never know. But uh uh, um, just kind of a maintenance and reminders here. Um, if you want to just go ahead and just kind of give us like a five star review, if we're kind of like into the over the monster feeds. So, um, yeah. And if you have any, uh, uh, questions or comments or anything, um, you can just hit, um, hit up the over the monster, uh, Twitter accounts, or you can just hit up, uh, my Twitter account, which is shelly V underscore six, four, three. Or you can hit up Trevor at Trevor. Um, That's his uh, Twitter handle. It's
0: a very complicated one.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to kind of go into our um, uh, kind of like at the meat of our show uh, this week. Um, we're going to go over the top 10 um, prospects um, that you guys voted on um, at Over the Monster. Um, So I'm going to go over the top 10, and then Trevor and I are probably going to go over our uh, favorites of the list and anyone who we think is too high, too low, and just kind of like just kind of just basically just kind of dig deep as much um, into these uh, 10 guys. Um, So the top 10. Is uh, Jeter Downs is number one, uh, followed by Tristan Casas, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, Brian Mata, Noah Song is number five, Gilberto Jimenez, Jay Groom, uh, Jaren Duran, Thad Ward, and number 10 is uh, Tanner Houck. Um, so Trevor, who is your, who is your favorite person, um, on the top 10?
0: Uh, I'm going to, this is going to sound like a cop-out answer at the beginning, but I'll get there. Uh, Tristan Casas, Yes. Um, and yes, he's number two, but that's not why he's just so interesting to watch. Um, you know, as you, if you can tell by my, uh, my list of, of where I'm writing, the Red Sox still are kind of new to me, right? So I'm trying to bring a fresh perspective and and learn and you know bring whatever I can to this this podcast. So I'm I'm getting ready, watching these Red Sox, trying to figure it out, and I, I encounter Tristan Casas, and yes, he's he's a big dude. He's he's like six four, two forty, I think is is right around there is where he's he's listed as, um, and he's got this big, long, powerful swing and you're excited that's what you and then all of a sudden I noticed that he chokes up on the bat a lot um, so he's got this long power swing but he also incorporates the Joey Votto it's it's an 0 count and his he's choked up a little bit and he goes O two, 2 and he's choked up even higher it was not something I expected to see from somebody that big doing what he's trying to do to baseballs uh, which is hit them a very long way at a very fast speed but it was just so interesting and to me that's why I like Tristan Casas a lot of this group is just because it's it's kind of a, a juxtaposition in a way where he's this big powerful dude but also he's like choking up because he wants to to you know make a little bit better contact it's just weird and fun
1: yeah yeah when you when you pointed that out to me um uh, probably like a couple of days ago I like I went back in the video and I didn't notice that at first and I now I love him even more, <laughs> um, because he has like 60 grade, 70 grade power. Right. But he's also trying to make contact as well. And I just, I just love that. Like he just tries to stay in the count. Right. And I, I, I love that. And once you pointed that out to me, it's just, uh, I, like I said, I just love him even more. Um, and it was kind of reported like in the off season, like he he actually gained some more weight and added a few inches. So now he's even a bigger boy. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited to see um, what Casas can do uh, this year, next year going forward. Um, do you th- do you think that he's going to be the everyday quote-unquote, the future first baseman of the Red Sox? Or do you see him maybe transitioning to, like, DH? Uh,
0: I I think he can play first. Um, He can't really play anywhere else, I don't think, just to throw that out there. Um, You you know, and watching him in, again, this is probably two or three games that I watched. He didn't look all too athletic, necessarily. Um, But I think he can play first. Uh, And as a first baseman, first baseman, prospect that puts a lot of pressure back towards the bat usually but um yeah I I don't I don't think he's going to be too limited I think he's got enough uh defensive ability shown enough to to continue as a first baseman
1: yeah yeah I agree as well um because I mean he did uh transition from third to first and that is definitely a quote-unquote an easier transition to make um because it's less on the defensive uh spectrum um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I agree that I think that he is going to be um, the first baseman of the future, and that kind of brings me to um, uh, kind of like this this in between guy uh, right now, uh, Bobby Dalbec. Um, currently, he's like he's definitely he's playing third base like in the minors, but obviously he's not going to move Devers off third. Uh, that's kind of Devers' position, and then with Tristan Casas, he's kind of has like this first base kind of locked in the future. Um, I, I'm very I'm very excited about Dahlbeck. Um, he has a lot of power, but he's got to strike out a lot. But that power is very very exciting, and I mean I I, I if they did not re-sign Moreland... I honestly thought that he was gonna break camp with the team um this year and even i'm just gonna say in 2021 he's definitely gonna have um a lot of reps at uh, first base and i've heard some rumblings about maybe playing Dahlbeck back and left which makes sense because jackie bradley jr is um a free agent and maybe um uh, Place left right now, uh, for the Red Sox, Benintendi. Thank you, and then Benintendi. It will maybe sh- uh, shift over to 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 center center, and then maybe Dahlbeck can go into left. Um, but I'm very excited um, about the amount of power that Dahlbeck is going to bring. Um, what are your thoughts on Dahlbeck?
0: I think it's going to be interesting, like you mentioned, to figure out where. He fits into the puzzle. I don't know if putting him in the outfield is necessarily good. It might just give him an extra thing that he can do. But, uh, you know, and, and predicting this, obviously, it's easier with Thalbeck than it is Casas because Thalbeck is, is you know, where he is versus uh, uh, Casas being a little bit lower um, in terms of, of where they are in the farm. But, you know, it it might just depend on um, who they want in the field what they want you can use Dalbeck as a guy who can play the field when Devers needs a day off or if Casas is your guy at first base you can put him at first I mean that it's just it gives more flexibility I think um and and gives the manager just more decisions where if for whatever reason Casas is on a huge hot streak and you don't want him to have to think about fielding you can put Dalbeck at first and Casas can just mash baseballs as a DH you know, I, I like the flexibility that Dalbeck's going to give, but, you know, if if it comes down to where you have to go pound for pound and pick a guy, uh, I, I think that when it's all said and done and they're both on a, in a Red Sox uniform, I think Casas is definitely that guy um, over Dalbeck. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting for Dalbeck to find his defensive home. But you're right, he does have power. Um, and,. If I remember incorrectly, it's a little bit of a streaky kind of power, where if he's on, it's, it's great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the flexibility that he'll provide is going to be very interesting uh, for a manager.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree as well. Um, so let's kind of go back um, to um, our number one uh, prospect, uh, Jeter Downs. Um, He came over in the uh, Mookie Betts trade um, from the Dodgers where in 2019 he kind of had like a a pretty much like a coming out party. Like he just like started like absolutely demolishing the ball um, in high A and then in a couple games in double A. Um, We're looking at the Red Sox everyday second baseman for the next couple of seasons, aren't we?
0: Yeah, you, you would hope so. I mean, just think about what Jeter Downs has been through. He was in the Yasiel Puig trade first, going from yep. the Reds to the Dodgers, and now in a Mookie Betts trade, going from the Dodgers to the Red Sox. To be Jeter Downs has to be very hard. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> just the, the, what you're going to have to live up to. But it, it was kind of good for him. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, thinking way back to when he was you know, drafted, um, he was kind of a, a, a gap-to-gap kind of guy. Uh, I don't think that he was this huge uh, power guy. I mean, he hit 24 home runs last year. Um, and so I think that's what the Dodgers did for him. I, it seems like the Dodgers really found his power stroke, maybe added a little bit of loft, maybe, you know, tweak something in his stance or, or when he makes contact with the ball. I mean, uh, it was a Trent Grisham thing where he moved his contact point out and he got more power and and was better so maybe i don't know what the dodgers did to be honest i i haven't gone and reviewed that stuff as much as i can but uh... they did something and they added they found his power so the the red with the reds he was you know the guy they thought he was i think he he was he didn't have as much power that kind of show the numbers he goes to the dodgers he added power and uh... so he's really interesting and and um, the one thing i think that's going to hold him back is that he is forever now going to be linked to Mookie Betts, and that's just tough to live up to.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree, and it, it it's I I, I kind of feel for the kid. I mean, to be honest, um, because that, I mean that is uh, extremely big shoes to fill. Um, but I I think that he's going to be just like a, a really good, just a really good major leaguer, right? And when I go on uh, Fangraphs and kind of like look at the difference between what he was doing with the Reds and what he was doing with the Dodgers, uh, basically he, um, he was just trading ground balls to line drives and line drives are like, that's, that's definitely something that you want. Um, and I'm just, I'm just hoping that he can keep those ground ball to line drive gains. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just think that he's just going to be like just a this really good kind of dependable guy at second, and the the, the Red Sox system in general it just kind of needs some help, and just having just a like really good guy is just really great to see.
0: And you know what? It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what the Red Sox coaching does with him, um, yeah. because any time a guy gets traded, the other team obviously implements the things that they see with this player. So, um, you know, with the Dodgers, they've. They saw how they can turn those ground balls into line drives. So it, it might be a situation where the Red Sox are just like, okay, we've been handed a Ferrari. We just don't need to crash it. Or it could be something where there's, they they find something in a swing and maybe they can, you know, retain some of that power. And, and I don't know, a swing and miss goes down. I don't know what a swing and miss was. But, but uh, you know, there there's uh, going to be interesting. I mean, I, that's one of the things that I love about when prospects get traded is going to see, okay, this is who they were here this is what they are in this new uniform. So I think that's going to be very huge in, in his returns at the major league level is what the Red Sox do uh, with Jeter Downs. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the Red Sox uh, historically have definitely been better at developing hitters as opposed to pitchers. Um, so that probably also kind of helps him as well. Um, so moving on, we're going to kind of um, hit on um, a couple of pitchers here. Um, Brian uh, Brian Mata uh, was number four, and Noah Song was number five. Jay Groom was number seven, and then uh, Thad Ward was number nine, Tanner Houck was number ten. Um, uh, I'm going to kind of focus on uh, Jay Groom. Um, this dude, uh, I've kind of written about him at Over the Monster. Like it, it really stinks that he might miss this season because he doesn't even. He, I think he has like, he has less than seventy professional innings pitched after being drafted um, back in two thousand sixteen. Um, there's just just been a lot of injuries. He had TJ. He missed an entire year, and he only pitched four innings last year. Um, what are your thoughts on Jay Groom?
0: I, I'm inclined to still believe in Jay Groom, um, but the the thing is, I'm inclined to to hope that anybody who's oft injured comes back and and figures it out. I mean, if you want to go, I'm uh, uh, I might condemn myself by saying this. I'm a Tigers fan, and I've been watching Franklin Perez after he got tr- traded in the Verlander trade do the same thing, where he's just hurt year after year, and I'm just ready for him to break out and it's the same with jay groom i've uh been following him and honestly if it weren't for mlb the show i might never know who he is because he's not throwing but (laughs) but uh um i don't know i'm just ready for him to be healthy finally and hopefully we can get that and he can uh catch up with some of what made him you know a first rounder um but it's one of those situations where when he does come back you can look at what he was beforehand you know i've read up on a bunch of things that say what he was but it's you don't know what he has coming back and so to try to evaluate anything about him is going to be really tough so at this point it's just a you like the fact you like his height his size you like that he's a lefty and you hope that the injuries haven't thrown him way off his track way off
1: yeah yeah I agree um and the, the only thing that just kind of concerns me is he has to be added to like the 40 man this off season unless something changes with the the missed season and stuff that we don't know so that also makes it it makes it it hard for the red sox and it makes it really hard for for groom as well because i mean it's like he's just kind of like in this really crappy limbo situation of am i going to be with the red sox or am i not even going to be added to the 40 man am i be on another team and he just has just really honestly he's just been hurt so much and, and he just hasn't been able to pitch. And maybe it's um,
0: just speculation, but I don't, I don't know that the, the Rule 5, because that's why he has to be added to the 40, right, is, is he's a Rule 5 eligible. Um, yeah. But what, in my head, if I'm a team, I'm not taking a chance on having to hold a guy in the Major League roster who's pitched you know, four innings and, and is hurt so much. I, I don't know that the 40 man's going to matter too much until he has a full healthy season and we see what he can do. Um, cause even if he's on the DL or the IL, sorry. Um, even if he's on the IL for a full season, he'd still be under the same rule five restrictions the next year.
1: Yeah. I, I hope, I hope you're, that, that, uh, that, uh, I'm just, just very scared for an, an irrational reason <laughs> about this. Um, because I, I still think that. Um he he there's a really good pitcher here. We just need to see him healthy. That's all we need to see. And um hopefully we see it this season or um or next season. Um Uh do you have any thoughts on uh Fad Ward or Tanner Houck?
0: Uh Tanner Houck um I do um you know haven't watched him uh a little bit with the uh, Red Sox AAA affiliate, he's, I don't know, I, I, and reading up on him, uh, some say he's got a reliever upside, um, and maybe that's where he is best, but um, his, I I love his slider, and that's kind of his his bread and butter when he, when he can mix that with a fastball, so um, I know that, um, you know, I do some work with with Prospects Live, and and Ralph shit's is a red Sox fan himself and and reading what he wrote. I mean, he, he put a lot of effort into his write up on Tanner Houck. And that's one of the things that he mentions is that bread and butter fastball slider. Um, and and he kind of thinks that, and and Ralph thinks he's a, a bullpen guy too. I don't know. I think that he might be able to stick in a rotation if that's what the Red Sox need out of him. But if they don't, yeah, I think I think he thrives more in the bullpen where he can just let go with that that slider that's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I I agree. Um, honestly, I think that Halk would make an amazing reliever, and I think that that's where he should be. But with the Red Sox lack of adequate quote unquote adequate uh, starting pitching. Um, I think they're going to stick with him as a starter. Um, The thing with Hauk is he had one delivery when he was drafted, and then the Red Sox changed that delivery. It didn't work, so then they changed it back, and then they put him in the bullpen. So he's just been just moving all over the place, and it really stinks um, for his development. Um, But, I mean, I I, I do think that he's going to be a starter uh, for a little bit longer, just based on the uh, lack of depth um, in the upper minors um, for starters in the Red Sox system. Um, my favorite guy, honestly, is uh, Thad Ward. Um, he has this amazing slider, and it is like I don't, I don't know. Maybe I need to shoot you over like some gifts or something because this guy, this guy is like really good. Um, He was in um, high A um, um, for about half the season last year, and that's where I caught a couple games of his on MILB TV. And it was just, like, really good. And those strikeouts were, like, really, really good. And I'm just really hoping that he can really, you know, get a little bit more um, better with the fastball and maybe a tad bit better on the command. Um, There is some reliever risk here, um, but I'll be definitely watching him in double A either this year or next year whatever to see um, with that bump bump from high A to double A, see if he can make that transition and become um, maybe something more than just a reliever.
0: Uh, And you know what? I have not seen Thad Ward, so I, I have video up right now. So you're about to get a live reaction to Thad Ward as he's facing Nick Prado right now in this, uh, in this video <laughs> I'm watching. Um, but, man, I do like his delivery. He's got a nice quick delivery, a good arm angle, I think. Um, and you can definitely see where that slider would come out of that arm angle. It's kind of a low, um, I think it's kind of a lower over-the-top type arm angle where yeah, no, absolutely. This, this, I like that word. This is good. I'm gonna have to watch his starts now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I was, um, I was just kind of impressed. Like when I've been, um, I did the top fifty list of Red Sox prospects over at Pitcher List, and uh, uh, the more I watched him, the more I, I really liked him. So, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm really excited about him. Um, and then. Uh, I guess we could talk about number five, Noah's Song. Um, uh, I've I've been doing kind of like some, some research, and I don't know if it's been like official official that he is in the military. I know that we needed like a high-ranking official uh, to sign off that he had to report. Um, but then uh, basically 2020 happened, and the world decided to... Um, mess with everybody. And I just haven't been able to find out anything. Um, so, uh, as far as we know, Noah song is reporting to, uh, air force training. So, uh, did you have a, did you happen to see him like the last time that he threw? I,
0: I, I don't know if it was the last time he threw, I've seen bits and pieces. I know he's got a good fastball. And uh, it's he's another fastball slider guy, but other yeah. than that, I know that slider is is legitimate too, um, and so he just needs. I think he pairs a changeup in there. Maybe it's maybe a curveball. He's got another pitch that isn't quite up to standard with the slider and the fastball, but when he can develop that, you're probably looking at a fairly safe back end rotation guy, if not a mid rotation guy, at his at his peak.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I saw a few kind of like any, uh, like one to two inning starts. um, And uh, I like what I saw. Um, So hopefully um, in two to three years after he does his military thing, he can come back and uh, uh, maybe move up the ranks a little bit. Um, uh, So now we're gonna, gonna head over towards the outfield and talk about Hilberto um, Jimenez and uh, Jaron Duran. Um, Duran kind of got off to an extremely hot start last year. And then when he was promoted to double A, he kind of scuffled a little bit. Um, do you have any thoughts on Duran?
0: Uh, well, both of the, the guys have... Uh- lot of speed right so that's right. kind of obvious with the numbers duran 46 bases last year was not a lot higher than i thought but wow that's <laughs> yeah he, he can uh he can swipe some bags which is which is good i mean no one's caught 13 times too so it shows he's a little smart on the base paths uh as well um but man i mean duran uh he's again not a guy that i've i've seen a ton of um but you gotta like a guy who can hit from the left side and has that kind of speed. Um, I, I don't know that. I believe he's a line drive hitter. At least in the in the, I'm gonna put it five at bats that I've watched. Uh, he he had a, a pretty he did a decent job b- being able to get barrel on the ball and and hit line drive. So um, it seemed like he had a pretty good contact tool, um, and he's got the speed. So. He just hoped that he can he can make that work as I'm clicking to numbers here. His estimated fly ball distance is 284. So, yeah, power up. contact and speed, and I hope that it turns out a little better than Billy Hamilton.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, Duran kind of, like, I, I've kind of, like, kind of, like, waffled on him. Um, I, I mean, I was very excited, and, and the – the first part of last year where he was just killing high A. Um, but then he struggled a little bit more than I was expecting in double A. Um, so then I kind of like uh, kind of calmed down just a bit. Um, but in the AFL, he didn't do too bad. And then this spring, I mean, he was hitting extremely well. Um, but I mean, I still think that there is a, you know, uh, a major league regular here, maybe fourth outfielder if things go bad. But that speed and the um, that speed can get to pretty much anything in the outfield, and then also can be um, really uh, lethal on the base pass. So I mean, I think we have the makings of you know uh, an everyday outfielder here.
0: I agree, and if uh, um, as I look up his swing again, his swing absolutely plays. Um, it's as fast as he is on the bases. I mean, he's got a nice, compact, quick swing, um, and and when he if he can put the bat on the ball. So as long as his, you know, launch angles, and I'm not saying this to sound smart. It, I know I, whenever people say launch angle, I always just feel like they're trying to sound a little smarter than they are, and uh, <laughs> I probably should do that. But as long as as long as he can hit line drives, is what I'm trying to say, and he doesn't try to. Uh, you know i I think he shouldn't try to add too much power or loft. I think he should just try to go gap to gap and use his speed to his advantage, but um, I'm a sucker for those quick compact swings and athletic outfielders, so uh, you know Jaron Duran's a guy that I need to look into more, but for right now, I absolutely think his swing will play you know as he moves up the rungs and i and I you know if fourth outfielder, sure, I think he he could be a, a decent starter too, uh, maybe a fringe starter, but absolutely that swing. It's kind of like what um, the Padres did with Taylor Trammell after that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy I looked into a lot, and Trammell was, you know, in his in his uh, stance, he was really loud, hands moving around a lot. They kind of quieted down his hands and just let him use his natural ability to get bat to ball, and Duran already does that. Uh, and, and Trammell's got a little bit more natural power, I think, and natural hitting ability than than Duran, but... His swings in a good place is the point I'm trying to make. So I I, I like Duran a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I I was just I was very impressed when I saw him in the AFL and then what I was seeing him doing in the spring. It was it was back to that kind of old Duran. So I was I was definitely happy to see that. Um and then our last kind of outfitter here that we're gonna talk about uh today is Hilberto Jimenez. And this guy, goodness gracious, this guy is extremely fast. He is a true 80-grade runner. Um, he has not a lot of power, but he has a better hit tool than Jaron Duran. So he's, he's faster, he's got a better hit tool. Um, when you look at his stolen bases, he's still trying to learn how to, um, how to steal. Uh, There's quite a few kind of cut stealings there. But he did pretty well last year um, in low weight a- uh, Lowell. Um, he hit uh, 359 um, with 14 stolen bases um, and only struck out 15% of the time um, for a weighted runs created plus of 158. Um, so the dude is is definitely going to be maybe more contact oriented than power oriented. But with that speed and that defense, there is we I think we're looking at the center fielder of the future here of the Red Sox.
0: Absolutely. And he is off the charts fast, that's true. And and you know what the point you made, I think that it doesn't get enough um enough attention in in many ways where you hear a guy's fast and you just assume that he's gonna be able to steal bases and and really that's not how it works. Um so even with his speed It does take a little bit to steal base. That's why you can see a guy who's graded with average, below average speed, and he can steal twenty bases in the minors just because he's got the a a certain baseball IQ to be able to read that. And so, um, that's going to be one thing that is going to be very important for Jimenez, and that is learning to steal. Um, I I haven't seen much of him, so I don't want to speak too much of about his game. But I know that with speed like that, you hope that he can find a way to get up to 46 steals and surprise me when I look at the number, um, you know, like Durant did. So um, yeah, I think learning to steal is going to be one of the biggest things to watch for as Jimenez is climbing the ladder.
1: Yeah. And knowing that he's only 19 years old, dude's a, he's, he's still a kid. So <laughs> he has, he has, he's, he's very young. He's pretty advanced for the, for, for low a. So I'm very I'm very excited to see um what type of games um he can make going forward. Um Yeah, so that's pretty much um our top 10. Um did you have any other kind of thoughts or tidbits or anything?
0: Not about uh anybody in this top 10, but it was it's been it was fun to dive into these guys. Um I know the Red Sox system is not as polished as some other systems around they're, they're a little down right now but um there really are some potentially really nice things in the system really nice players future players I shouldn't call them things really nice future players in the system uh you know Jeter Downs and Casas and at the top are solid and um I really am just gonna just push again I believe in Jay Groom I think he can come back and uh and perform so uh I think the system's a little more exciting than it gets credit for
1: yeah, um I, I definitely agree. Um and definitely as we move um, you know, further along in the Over the Monster top uh, prospects list, um it's definitely gonna be um a lot deeper than you might actually think. Um like the the further you get along, like in the lower minors, it there are some pretty interesting guys. Um so yeah. Uh, stay tuned, you guys. Like it's it's going to get good. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much the, you know, inaugural uh, uh, Red Sox on deck uh, podca- podcast here at Over the Monster. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate
0: you uh, bearing with me as I learn <laughs> out loud about some of these prospects.
1: <laughs> hey, I mean, that, we got we got some live looks so that that's that's always exciting. Um, but, uh, you could find me at Shelly V underscore six, four, three, and you can find Trevor at, uh, Trevor. Um, so Trevor, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on and, uh, talking Red Sox. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug?
0: Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Look, every week I'm starting up a thing. Uh, what I do with prospects 365, it's hashtag film study Friday. So if you follow me and you see it, just drop a name of a prospect and that's, I look into those prospects every week. So. Starting that up again. I start. I did it for a while. I had to stop, but it's it's starting up again. I'm excited about it. So that's what I'm going to plug today.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, I am I'm excited. Like I always kind of follow you uh, in your um, film study Fridays. I I, I like those. Um, they're really good. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a um, just kind of one thing I want to plug over at uh, over the monster. Um, I should be coming out with my my past 10 years of baseball america's top uh red Sox prospects and kind of just reviewing of like where they are and that's been kind of interesting um but uh uh, again uh thanks for coming on and uh thanks for listening uh so good night everybody